Hi, this is Ariana Evans, and you are listening to I See You, Mama, a podcast where we talk mom to mom about what feeds our soul. And sometimes we talk about silly things, and sometimes we talk about funny things, and sometimes we talk about serious things. And um, you never know what you're going to get, and that is exactly what motherhood is like, too. (laughs) So um, let's jump right in. Yeah, so I kind of went through, like, all of your writings, because you write a lot, Mm, Um, and your on your Facebook and everything, and the, yeah. just the things that I noticed, there's like a, there's an overarching theme of what you advocate for, uh-huh. and I would love to hear you talk about that, like, okay, where you kind of are coming from, like, how you both are in this the mix, mm-hmm. like the nitty gritty of motherhood, but also, um, like changing diapers doesn't feed anybody's soul like right. so what what do you find that you're like oh my gosh I'm really passionate about this thing yeah. and how that kind of colors your life and colors your parenting and hmm. so I want to talk about that so we can start with like yeah I want everybody to know about corner to corner okay which you do with your husband will mm-hmm. oh we should introduce you <laughs> We this just got going. Who, sorry, like, I just was like, who's hey. the audience? Yeah, who are we speaking to? So I'm Ariana Evans, and this is tentatively called I See You, Mama. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we're going to have to like somehow shuffle those clips. Um, so this is my guest, Tiffany Acuff. Hello. Um, we are both in Nashville, Tennessee, yeah. in the U.S., if you're listening anywhere other than the U.S. Um, and Tiffany was asking me questions about um, how this got started, and and uh, this is really a podcast about honoring other women. And so the tagline that I wrote was um, um, "feeding your so- or growing souls without losing your own." Ooh, I like that. Yeah, that's good. So very good. So Tiffany and her husband Will um, run a nonprofit here in the neighborhood called Corner to Corner. Yeah. And um, in the notes and on the website, there will be links to all this and pictures and um, all the fun stuff. So you can find out more about that and how to support them. And um, we're going to be talking like broad scope, like whatever we want to talk about today. Okay. Like what you're passionate about and what kind of fuels you. But I want, I definitely want people to know about Corner to Corner so they can support you in that way too. So. Let's start with uh, let's start at the beginning. <laughs> let's start at okay. the beginning. It's a good place. Um, a very good place to start. <laughs> this is also a musical. Right. This is also Ariana's musical <laughs> podcast because Ariana sings about everything. That's right. Um, let's talk about like how I mean you can talk about like how you and Will came together mm-hmm. or like how like corner to corner came oh together my goodness. for yes. you. Oh, geez. Well, I guess if it's about parenting, I should probably start with Will and I. Um, Will Acuff is my husband, and he is um, pretty amazing. He, it's funny because we did this um, strengths finders test, and his was this 
unique combination that they call force of nature, which just feels so <laughs> telling to me for who he is. Um, and I knew that kind of from the moment I met him. But I think um, of you that way, too. You think of me that way. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is that I kind of, I don't know that everybody is like this or even that you need to be, but when I met Will pretty early on in our relationship, I felt very confident that he was one of the few men that I had ever met that I felt like I would be willing to follow, that I felt like I would be willing to let him lead me. Um, because I am a pretty strong personality, and I don't really like to um, follow. Same, same, same. <laughs> yeah, same and feeling. so, but that was like a unique combination of his vulnerability um, and that I was able to trust him. Um, and that has really only grown in the... 14 years. This year will be 15 years. Oh is that right? Yeah. I When's your anniversary? Uh, August 28th. Oh my gosh. Ours is April 3rd and it'll be 15 years too. That's crazy. Like, we made that it right? this far. Yes. There's Holy still cow. Alive. We're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> no one smothered another person in their sleep. We've, we've made it this we've far. We've made it this far <laughs> and it's been fun and exhausting and awful at times and really, really amazing. So, I mean, yeah. I think that's marriage, but definitely sanctifying. Um, Truth. But when I met him, I, I kind of knew. I knew that. I knew that no matter what we ended up doing, um, it would be an adventure. Um, and that was one of the things he, li he literally told me when we met was that he believed that the gospel was an adventure and he wanted somebody to share it with. And so like yeah sign me up <laughs> so cool. um and he's he's pretty much lived up to that and um I think that that has particularly influenced our parenting and our ministry <laughs> and um do you want me to talk a little bit about yeah okay well, um yeah tell me about corner to corner corner to corner okay yes because that did start prior to parenting yeah yeah so in because we live in the same little We do. We live just a, a couple blocks apart. <laughs> we we both lived here for what? We bought our house in 07. Yeah. Yeah, so 11 years. Okay, we started renting 12. in 06 maybe? Yeah. In the fall. Um but yeah, so we've pretty much been in the same neighborhood for a long long time and um we were drawn to this particular neighborhood of East Nashville because we had come from Charleston, South Carolina, mm -hmm. um, which at the time from our experience was still pretty um, racially segregated in terms of a Southern city. It felt like they were still even a couple decades behind the rest of the world. I don't know if I can say that, but that was our experience of, just really old southern um you know do you mean in terms of like ideas about the world or how kind like of the both. city ran or kind of both politically um culturally you know there were some old old school families mm. who had names on streets who were still kind of running running things there didn't seem like there was a lot of diversity and representation um in Which the I city know you really appreciate yeah and the city was pretty um early, early stages of gentrification. And so particularly the neighborhood that we moved into, which was off of MLK, um, 
was was just starting that. And so we were seen as, you know, gentrifiers and, and kind of the enemy, which I totally understand. Um, and so it it was a hard place to live um, at that time because we didn't really know how to enter into that in a way to be allies or to even, um, you know, understand where they were coming from. I think at that point we were still pretty immature in our, um, I don't know what to call it, ethnocentric frame of reference in that I was still looking at everything from my point of view. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, And so (coughs) moving to East Nashville, one of the things that really struck us was the the diversity and the willingness um, for relationship across those lines, which that was the thing that we really struggled with in Charleston. Um, And just our neighbors were so open to that. And we were like, wow, this is amazing. Um, I don't know if you had this experience, but our adult neighbors mm -hmm. were a little standoffish. But the children were like, Mm. hey, who are you? What's going on? Why do you live in this house? Yeah, two of you in this house. <laughs> this used to be a rent house. Did yeah. more people live here? I'm like, no, just us. What? Yes, yes. But the children talked to us mm. first and asked us questions and wanted to pet the dog. And yeah, before we even had kids too. Yeah, that's not surprising. I feel like children are just more in- inquisitive and vulnerable in that sense. You know, they have less of a guard up. Um, but when we did move here, we didn't have kids on our block really um yeah it was all older adults um or renters yeah um single people and so we really our very initial experience was with adults um which is funny because later so much of our ministry was kids Kids. um after we moved but yeah it just I think I'm sorry I'm probably rambling now but no um (laughs) When we moved to Nashville, we were struck by what felt like opportunity. Yeah. Um, opportunity for something that we kind of had felt in our hearts but didn't really have a lot of knowledge in terms of what does this look like? How do we do this? How do we apply these truths of the gospel that we know and believe and are, um, you know, Will and I are both Enneagram 8s. And oh, mercy. Yes. <laughs> That's usually <laughs> the reaction that we get. If you're familiar with the ideogram, we are both eight. Um, a friend of mine said it really well. She said um, she had a friend whose parents were both raised, were both eights, and it felt like she was being raised by wolves. Um, but, so we're just, we're both very. that as your parenting style. No, no, it's like. definitely not at all. Not at all. But. <laughs> Um, it can be intense. We're both intense and, um, we have a heart for, um, social justice and, you know, and so, and we're both doers. And so we saw this opportunity and felt and recognized injustices. And we were like, how do we engage and how do we, um, really get involved and, um, make some differences and have some relationships. And so we joined a church that was very much um, publicly about that. And I'd say over the next couple of years, we really took seriously how do we love our neighbor? How do we get involved in the community? But we just kept feeling like all of the 
community efforts that we were doing were very seasonal. Um, we did a lot of volunteer work, but kind of after the event was over or after the season ended, there was not a lot of, there weren't like long-term relationships. Right. And we really struggled with that and wanted to know how can we kind of take this to the next level? How can we do life together and not just um, service projects, basically? And not right. that those are bad in and of themselves, but right. we wanted and felt called to more than that. Yeah. Um, so we started meeting with a couple other couples and praying really intentionally into what does it look like to love your neighbor and be missional where you live kind of where you are yeah um and so at that time that was really led by will in our family um I was really kind of <coughs> struggling in my faith at that time um I think I was in a season of maturing in terms of understanding who I thought God to be and really appreciating who he was kind yeah. of less of the genie in the bottle and more right. of um what are his promises and what um what does it mean to be obedient and so yeah um eventually we just started saying you know what's the center of the neighborhood where do people gather where do they do life and it they gather at the rec center. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was where everybody was hanging out. And yeah. we were like, wow, that seems pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, and yet somehow, you know, we had never been there. Nobody had ever talked about it to us. Um, yes. It McFerrin was, Park, right? Yeah, McFerrin Park. And it um, is so the heartbeat of that neighborhood mm. right there and has been for many, many, many years. Um, this community has existed in a amazing way long long before us so yeah um it was just kind of looking for the opportunity to say you know this is our community um how can we engage and be a part of it and really start forming some relationships and so we started showing up awkwardly <laughs> first <laughs> hey, <everybody. laughs> yeah um and I'm not gonna belittle that like it, it really was awkward I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to be the minority in oh. a circumstance. Mm -hmm. I would, I would strongly encourage everyone listening. If you have never done that to um, really seek out an opportunity to be the minority. It is, I think a perspective that everyone should know yeah. and experience. It's life changing. It is. Um, I mean, just this short side note, like yeah. I grew up in a, in my hometown, in my call, in my high school, white people were the minority students like yeah. it was 80 percent black mm -hmm. and the hispanic white asian was the other 20 was the other yeah and so moving to nashville i was like where are all the black people like it was so segregated when i moved mm. here it's like i haven't seen a person with brown skin in like months yeah what <laughs> where am i and so moving to our neighborhood felt like, ah, okay, yes, yeah. I'm very comfortable with this mm. ratio. <laughs> yeah. These are my friends and my, like, people that I grew up with. Like, yeah, these are the people that I knew growing up. And so, yeah, experiencing that from, yeah. a, like, an adult perspective. Like, I'm choosing yes. to put myself as yes. a minority 
And we're funny, we're no longer minority on the street, which is so weird. So weird. I know. I'm like, where are all the, who are all these white people? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, I mean, and I think almost every city in America could say that right now. Yeah. Really. I mean, I think that we, yeah, that's kind of a national trend that's happening right now. Well, and you guys, and I think I, um, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like you guys moved into the neighborhood with an opposite mind from mm. what has come to be called gentrifiers, which is yeah. um, I'm buying this house because it's cheap. I'm going to make it into something amazing. And yeah. everything around me must conform to my new normal. Mm. And and your culture and your loud music and your weird stuff that I don't understand and your ethnic food and all that stuff, yeah. um, I'm going to like call the police and yeah. protest and mm. um, disparage this thing that's been my neighborhood yeah because i want a new normal for me where i feel comfortable Mm -hmm. and i like we did not move into our house with that intention at all Mm -hmm. but it is it's swarmed up around us and i'm like who i i like went through a time where i was like was were we like the like one of the early people where Mm -hmm. people who did want to come in and change the neighborhood felt comfortable because there was already a white lady down the street yeah, and I'm like, did we were we a part of that? And I really struggled with that. Mm-hmm. I should have not drank coffee and then have to burp <laughs> on the microphone. Sorry, <laughs> but I'm like, there. Mm. I see you, Mama. <laughs> I see you. I see you, girl. <laughs> um, but like wanting to really be a part of the neighborhood, like yeah. we were we were having kids play in our backyard before we had kids like Mm -hmm. I sat out with my like infant child and read Harry Potter to neighborhood kids on a blanket in the front yard I love that I mean yeah my oldest was a baby and they were like why are you I'm like do you want to hear the story and they're like yeah Mm -hmm. and I just read to them and like that was our little like all right y'all come over after school and I'll see you later yeah like it was just relational building Mm mm-hmm yeah, and I think that brings up a really good topic that I, I've felt really kind of privileged to speak into in the situation that we're in. I mean, so we did move kind of a couple blocks over from, we've always been in the same neighborhood, but we did move closer to the rec center intentionally. And that was at that time, it was because we also were in the process of, Oh no, we actually had already adopted our first son, Raylan. Oh wow. When you moved, you already had Raylan. When we moved from Chickasaw to North fifth, um, I'm like, our address is on public. So (laughs) I'm like, I'm not saying anything that wouldn't be, I'm like, and now I'm going to give you my personal cell phone number. Um, Yeah, and so, um, you know, and we did that at a time because, and and this is a really important part of our ministry that I just want to say here for a second. Um, When we started showing up at the rec center and making relationships and um, we showed up very intentionally and that was our goal, first and foremost, just to like become a fabric of the neighborhood and have relationships you know and at that point we started talking to the staff and saying listen if there's you know because they didn't have that many staff it was two people and skeleton crew and there were tons of kids and people just showing you know and so we were like we 
we are in this, you know, and if there's ever anything that we can do to help you, please ask, you know, or let us know. And so eventually they mentioned um, they didn't have really much programming at the time. And so they mentioned a jobs class. They said, you know, a lot of our men are unemployed and we'd love a jobs class. And at the time I was currently working um, in the prison system teaching unemployment skills or employment skills. So it, it really was a natural fit. And so um, it was supposed to be a four-week class and we ended up doing it for three months because they just kept asking us to come back. And eventually we made some really important what we call kind of gatekeepers as friends in the relationship that kind of vouched for us um, to others that didn't know us. But one of the most important things I want to talk about in this ministry is that we we need these people, them, as much as they need us. And in essence, there is no us and them. Does that right. make sense? Like, we have a motto called Connect, Invest, Grow. And it's um, it uh, the purpose of it is to say that this goes both ways. You know, I am a Hispanic white woman. My husband is white. And my children are black and... Afro-Latino and I need the black community you know I can be all things to my parent or to my children except for black and so (laughs) I need them and I need them to be in relationship with me and my family and I need them to teach me and show me culturally and history you know and not to say I can't learn some of those things on my own absolutely you know pick up a book people but You know, I need relationships (laughs) for my family and my children do. And I take that very seriously. And so I just I that's such a blessing and a gift of this ministry that we have so many friendships and um, have a community that feels like ours, like our friends that my children um, know and love, you know, have uncles and aunties and um, I wanted that for them. I knew that if we were adopting and adopting transracially, that 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 had to be part of our story. Yeah, you know. And so we did. We moved into that particular neighborhood with the idea that Will and I would be the minority on our block, and it was at the time. Yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely, we were. Um, five <laughs> years later, Europe. yeah, five years <laughs> later, that is not the case. Um. And I don't know that we would move there today yeah. if it, if it were, um, because I still really believe that for my children. Um, yeah, we just have to be all the more intentional about it now. So, um, and that's the, I feel like that's the piece that is the hard work. Like, yeah, it's really easy to just choose people Mm. who look like me and think like me and act like me and eat the same food as me and that is requires like no effort on my part like I have to be chatty but that's comes to me really (laughs) naturally um uh, it doesn't come naturally to my husband who's like oh humans I'm gonna go hide um so but I have to choose that like and and keep keep like coming back even when that person is like "Mm, yes about you yeah like my my sweet sweet neighbor Pam who I love um like it took her probably four years. Yes. Yes. To be my friend. And I was like, 
and now like we go on walks and we talk all the time and yeah. like we'll just stand out in the street and like the lights will the sun will set and the lights will come on and we're still like bah, 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 bah. <laughs> and Matt's like what are you doing out there I'm like we're I'm yeah. talking talking to Ben be quiet yeah so yeah, and I really think that any time, you know, people ask me all the time, like, I want to have more diverse relationships. Like, how do I do that? What does that look like? And I think, honestly, it's a willingness to be uncomfortable. And also something that we, like, one of the foundations of our ministry was the ministry of consistency. Right. You know, um, there's a trust level there. You know, we racially, especially in the South, there's a history there that mm-hmm. cannot be or should not be denied or ignored. And when you start engaging in relationships cross-culturally, like, it's going to take some of that. It's going to take some, you know, just showing up and showing up again and again and being vulnerable and holding what little pieces of your story that you give each other and, you know, respectfully. And, um, yeah, it's the ministry of consistency, I would say that was a huge um, part of how we began to really build those relationships. And it wasn't easy. I mean, (laughs) one of our favorite people ever from the rec center, Miss Kim, um, she wouldn't even look up from her phone most days when we first (laughs) came over, you know? And so it, yeah. And then within like months, she was inviting me to girls night and giving me -me hand-me-downs from her grandson. You know, it just, it took a while, and I needed to show her, you yeah. know. I, I did because, honestly, after being there for a couple of years, I've seen a lot of white people show up and want to help mm-hmm. and not come back, you know. And so Guilty. she – I could see where Miss Kim was coming from and saying, you we'll know, see. I need to see. I yeah. need to see what this is about and who you are. And I – that was on me to show her, you know, and I appreciate that. That was my guest, Tiffany Acuff, and um, she and her husband run Corner to Corner Ministries, and there will be more about that in the show notes. Um, this is the only the end of part one. Um, Tiffany and I uh, talked <laughs> for a long time, and it was really hard to break it into. I didn't want to leave out anything because she said so much really just beautiful things um and I wanted you all to hear that so I'm breaking this episode into two um part one and part two so you get to hear more and I don't have to edit (laughs) uh the good parts out and um so check out corner to corner ministries and um tune in for the next episode thanks and this is I see you mama And I want to say that I see you out there and you're doing hard work. You're the hub of the wheel. You're the, you're the glue that holds it together. Um, it's messy. It's not beautiful all the time, but it is the work that you are doing is beautiful. And I want to say that I see you, I see you in your work and, um, I appreciate you. So email me, um, I see you mama podcast at gmail.com. Um, hopefully one of these days I'll get my website all kicking and running. Everything will be able to find in the right place in the right time. Uh, but for right now, you can email me. You can find me on Facebook. Um, and the website should be coming. I thought it had it up, and then, uh, alas, things change. But tune in for the rest of my conversation with Tiffany Acuff, and um, there will be links to all the good things that she has to talk about in um, 
the show notes. So I will see you next time. Until then, I see you, Mama.